faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Time for another edition of Insane Things. Normally we count down the most insane. We're going to flip that this week and start with the most insane thing. If you watch Fox News, you might not have even caught the significance of what just happened. Let me back up for a moment. What if we were to find out that since at least 2015, our government, in partnership with the Chinese, was deliberately developing killer coronaviruses at the Wuhan lab so as to develop a vaccine against killer coronaviruses that could later be used, pushed, if you will, on the U.S. population with the coronavirus ultimately released from or escaped from the Wuhan lab as the impetus to get those vaccines into arms. Would that change the way you look at your world? I got to tell you what, it would rock me psychologically to know that. Well, for the first time in a mainstream media outlet, we now have proof that that's exactly what happened. Our government deliberately developed killer vaccines in coordination with the Chinese and Moderna and then developed a shot to stop at least one of them in concert with Moderna. And then our government and Moderna co own that vaccine you're probably thinking whoa whoa, whoa, i gotta sit down from it here's the thing folks i've known this for a while i know a lot more about coronavirus than i'm able to tell you because of our corporate policies here i have to have a mainstream media news source it's frustrating uh, but it also keeps us straight and keeps us accurate we have one now i can't believe this came out on fox news the research was done by glenn beck and here's what it shows. It's very well documented on his website. I've been through all the papers. It starts with something called gain of function, which Anthony Fauci denies ever happened. And it happened in 2015. Gain of function is when you you teach a virus from an animal uh, that normally would not infect humans to jump from humans, uh, to jump from animals to humans, and you make it deadlier. You rev it up. That's called gain of function. Dr. Ralph Barrick did that in partnership with scientists at the Wuhan lab. Uh, All of it paid for by our federal government via Anthony Fauci, USAID, and the rest. Okay, let's go back to 2015. Gain of function is achieved. It's announced, not hidden. It was actually published in a paper in November 2015. And that that, you know, USAID, Fauci, Echo Health, they were funding it right there at the Wuhan lab. So then what happens? Well, in November, the same month that that paper comes out about the achievement of gain of function among coronaviruses at the Wuhan lab, the United States begins a partnership with guess who? Moderna. Wait, when? 2015. Yeah, let that chill go right down your spine. And what were they searching for? They didn't hide that either. Coronavirus vaccines. It's kind of a weird coincidence. But wait, it gets worse. Fast forward to December of 2019. We're going into 2020, the year of the election, and the time when it's most convenient for the thing to get out. 
and for the marketing of the shot to begin. So it's December 2015, and guess what they do? Dr. Barrick signs a government deal with Moderna. In other words, our government co-owns the anti-coronavirus vaccine with Moderna. If this was publicly known, it would change everything. Unfortunately, Glenn Beck did a piss poor job of explaining it on Tucker Carlson's show earlier this week. If you didn't know the background, you'd have fallen asleep, had no idea what they were talking about. It was a milestone moment. The first time this piece of information has seen the light of day. The clip was apparently so sensitive, it wasn't included on the Fox News site like most of Tucker's are. I have a special program called Grabian. It's how I was able to get it. Here's what's significant about the timeline here. If we didn't know that COVID was a deadly danger till the middle of January of 2020, and the Chinese didn't even fess up to its existence in any form, dangerous or not, until December 31st of 2019. How is it then that these public officials who were supposedly taken by surprise were signing an agreement to share the ownership of the already developed Moderna vaccine in the beginning of December of 2019? The answer is obvious, folks. They weaponized the viruses in order to be able to produce the shot. That's why. They did it in 2015. They didn't hide it. They revved it up. And yes, they let it out. They knew it was coming. So they signed the agreement. The government has a profound, profound compromised interest here in promoting the shot maniacally. Now that you understand the background there, you'll understand the conversation you're about to hear. I'm betting it went over the heads of 98%, 99% of Fox News listeners. It's the most insane thing this week. Pull this thread, folks, and it'll all come tumbling down. With Moderna, I want to I read it exactly to you. This, this deal was uh, made. It's confidential. It's 100 and, I don't know, 58 pages long. Um, it is, if I skip to page 104, they are entering a specific private confidential agreement the NIH appears to be transferring technology to Dr. Barrick, but that what they're making clear is, quote, mRNA coronavirus vaccine candidates developed and jointly owned by NIAID and Moderna. There you go. It's right there. Jointly owned by the NIAID and Moderna. What's the NIAID? It's the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. It's one of 27 federal institutes, part of the federal government, and centers that make up the National Institutes of Health. That's where Anthony Fauci works. What Beck is saying here is that the federal government, via the NIAID, co-owns the vaccine with Moderna. Wow. And you can see the documents. They're right on his site. Now, this is weird because it's two weeks later that we know there's a problem. They sign that deal two weeks before, and they sign it with the doctor who happened to be a partner with the bat lady in Wuhan. Here's where it gets really dark. These are the same group of people 
that in the end of January begin to have meetings and they shut down and begin to smear anyone who's looking into the lab right. leak theory. They, they establish that's not true, don't even look there. It, it appears to be collusion. I, you know, we've passed this on to several people in uh, Congress and the Senate. We know Rand Paul has, is on this and Dr. Fauci has some answers to give. Well, I just want to affirm what you're saying. You're the reporting, the amazing reporting you've, you've done on this. Here's a clip of the recently departed NIH director, Francis Collins, admitting on camera that the U.S. government has a stake in the vax. Watch this. Who's going to own that vaccine? Does the federal government own it? One of the vaccines, the one that's furthest along, was started actually at the federal government in our own vaccine research center at NIH and then worked with a biotechnology company called Moderna to get to where we are now with very impressive phase one results and getting ready to go into a large scale trial as early as July. That one, of course, we do have some particular uh, stake in the intellectual property. This just see, I mean, you are not making this up. What you're saying is true. I Really quickly, why is this not a front page Please, story everywhere? All of what they're describing here is the rough outlines of an act of biological warfare by our government in tandem with the Chinese and Moderna upon us. Let's go down the list again to summarize. Developed coronaviruses that were deadly, check, published an article about the development of coronaviruses that were deadly at the Wuhan lab, check, and then around the time when it would have gotten out, but we ostensibly didn't know about it, uh, December cut a deal with Moderna to already have the vaccine in place, check, then act shocked like they just found out about it at the end of January. Something's wrong here. Bad wrong. Folks, it is paramount for human survival on our planet that these questions be asked. Look what they're doing with the Omicron variant right now. They tried to get it to catch on. Uh, and it seems to have sputtered out a little. We'll see where they go with it. But if they're willing to do this, to let this out, to plan its creation, execute its creation, prepare the shot for it, do it, it appears, in order to have a justification for a shot, they will do it again. And it will be, it could be, it might be worse next time. They obviously desperately want another one of these. That's why they're floating Omicron. We need to get to the bottom of this now, which makes it all the more creepy that social media has put so much energy into suppressing this. Remember what was in the Fauci FOIA emails. The, the emails, they were, they were forward, Freedom of Information Act, Fauci had to turn them over. In one of them, Fauci is going back and forth directly with Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. Remember this? Uh, about their plans and their conversations about, uh, okay, we're going to have to shut down anybody who suggests this thing might have come out of the Wuhan lab. And I know I got a strike for it. That puts you in Facebook jail for it. That came directly from Fauci. Folks, the pieces are snapping together. They're right in front of our face. And they point to one inescapable possibility that our government may be genocidal. Again, here's the interesting part. Unlike the vast majority that Tucker Carlson does, that interview wasn't posted to the Fox News website or the Fox News YouTube channel, leading some to ask the question, did Tucker Carlson go off script by either bringing back in or asking about it? Tucker threw it out as a sort of secondary question for Beck. 
in the interview. And here's the other thing, folks. That ran Wednesday. It's Friday right now. See the silence? We're going to follow up on this? This was a big deal. Folks, it's weird out there. It's almost insane, you might say. Which leads us to the second most insane thing this week. This is what happens when you have a high demand for racism, but not a ton of races actually out there. Victimhood is very lucrative in America. And I think Justice Millett knows that, and so does the left know that. And so that's what they've been depending on and pushing from the very beginning, and that's why he thought he could get away with this. Which is exactly what I told you earlier this week. The only thing you need to know about this trial is that when one of the two Osendario brothers who helped Jesse Smollett fake the supposed attack by supposed Trump supporters in their supposed red hats, and one of the two brothers was put on the stand by the prosecutor and asked who was the target audience for this attack. He said it was the media. Yeah, the media is literally driving fake attacks now with their willingness to unquestioningly report them in service to and support of the narrative, i.e. Smollett and the brothers never would have bothered to do this if they didn't think the media would buy it unquestioningly. Which means yet another major narrative of the Trump era has bit the dust as totally fake. Remember at the time how bad this was for Trump? They blamed Trump, said Trump had caused it and he needed to apologize for it, needed to renounce, he needed to do all that stuff. Folks, when you stack the list of these up, it's so long. Jesse Smollett, Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist who crossed state lines uh, to fire his gun off at people. No. Uh, Nick Sandman, total racist and never mind. Uh, Wow, the libel lawsuit payout on that lie was pretty big. Russia collusion, which wasn't a story or even a set of stories. It was the media's first major manufactured reality in which America was under attack by Russians. (laughs) God help me. Who then tried to, of course, distract, confuse you uh, with a Russian disinformation laptop that sure looked a lot like Hunter Biden's, but really, you know, wasn't. Then there was the Steele dossier, total lie, the whole story about Brett Kavanaugh, practically a rapist, spiking a punch, except it didn't happen. And the accuser's own father said he didn't believe her and all her friends said it never occurred, even though they were supposed to be there. Then there was the Trump P tape. Do I even have to go into that? Kids in cages? Yeah. Obama put him in cages, too. Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin sure don't work to stop COVID, except they do. The Bubba Wallace news. Wow. Remember that one? The Border Patrol whips. The Lafayette Square photo op. Dear God, Charlottesville, where they had to splice apart Trump's quotes to make him say something racist. Folks, the sheer volume and weight of this, these aren't just stories. These are manufactured realities. And when you put somebody in a reality that is not real and you keep them there for a long time, it warps their decision-making ability because their input is skewed. It's off. And they become a danger to themselves and the public when they go into the voting booth because they are opining with their vote about a world that is not real and that they don't live in and couldn't possibly live in. But the repercussions of the vote are very real and extremely dangerous. Jesse Smollett just bit the dust. Folks, we're seeing one of these a week bite the dust at this point. And it's amazing the fealty, the loyalty. The viewers of the mainstream media continue to have to them when they get everything so wrong. The final insane thing this week. So much insanity, I'm just going to boil it down to three, quite frankly. Yep, the Labor Department report that just came out. A staggering level of inflation. 
a full 6.8% consumer price increase. November over November. So this November compared to last November. That's the highest annual inflation rate in 40 years. And it's accelerating, just as I told you it would at the end of the year. In October, the rate was 6.2% year over year from October 2020. Now we're at 6.8% for November. Dear God, where will we be next month? Folks, this means inflation is accelerating. Will it go hyper? God, I hope not. But nobody wants to talk about this. If you notice what's going on right now, this report came out, right? This is this is devastating. And they knew it was coming out uh, this morning on Friday. And I've been talking about it all week. And this is ju- this is exactly when Washington elites plan the whole Bob Dole remembrance ceremony, which if you look across the news stations right now, they're all live streaming it instead of talking about this terrifying level of inflation that is only increasing. Put that together with another staggering uh, figure that they're not talking about at all. The largest productivity decline in 51 years. Productivity down 5.2%. Why is that happening? Variety of reasons, but Part of it is uh, that people can't get all the stuff in the supply chains. They need workers uh, to assemble products, you know, get them in the chute. And so they, they're they're sort of stagnating. They're sitting there, they're getting paid, uh, but they're not able to produce or produce as rapidly the products or at the pace they could that they need. This will snowball, folks. It's not going to get any better without major changes. And Washington has no plan to make any. Which leads us to the most insane clip of the week. The warning from the world's richest man, Elon Musk. I touched on this earlier, mainly because he is saying exactly what I have been saying. When asked by the Wall Street Journal earlier in the week, what should we do about Biden's Build Back Broke plan? He said, delete it. He was absolutely emphatic. He used the word insane to describe the level of spending we're doing here and the inflation that's resulting from it. In in general, we we should just, if we don't cut government spending, uh, something really bad's going to happen. This is crazy. Our, our, our spending is so far in excess of revenue, it, it's insane. Um, but like, you could zero out all billionaires in the, in the country. There's all this, like, anti-billionaire BS. Uh, well, uh, if, if you zeroed out all the billionaires, you still wouldn't solve the deficit. Finally, the most insane clips of the week. Well, hard to follow that last act, but we'll try. It has to be the head of the police union in L.A. County, warning the rest of America not to come to L.A. because they can't protect you. Folks, this is a total barometer of societal breakdown, as brought about by the left. Here he is. My message to anybody considering coming to Los Angeles, especially during the holiday season, is don't. We can't guarantee your safety. It it is really, really out of control. Um, I said it to people before. It's like that movie Purge. You know, instead of 24 hours to commit your crime, these bad people have 365 days to commit whatever they want. This absolute lawlessness, which has made it pretty much morally and socially acceptable to just go into whatever upscale retailer you want and uh, go ahead and help yourself to whatever you would like. Yeah, made possible by California's bear laws, but also by the district attorney there over L.A., who didn't take kindly to the criticism he got this week after all the smash and grab robberies. How did he respond? He doubled down by referring to law enforcement officers as pigs. With a sneer on his face, he claimed that wasn't what he was doing. But it was exactly what he was doing. He thinks this is funny, and he doesn't give a damn. This 
is exactly how the left intends to operate and what they really think. This clip by D.A. Gascon is a look behind the Democrat mask, which just slipped here for just a moment. My dad used to say that uh, when you wrestle with a pig, you both get muddy and the pig likes it. Okay? And that's not pig in terms of using the term as to law enforcement. Oh, yeah, it is. He loves the chaos he's causing in L.A. Finally, if there's one clip that sums the crazy crime spree that was this week up, it's got to be this guy. You got to picture him. He's totally soy. I mean, complete soy boy. He's standing outside the Home Depot in San Francisco. Mind you, outside, okay? He's wearing his surgical mask, right? Outside. And they're interviewing him about how easy it is to steal from the Home Depot. He's so unafraid. He's in front of the Home Depot confessing to stealing from the Home Depot, which he clearly plans to do again because he's not impressed by any of their measures to stop crime. It kind of sums up the way it is on the West Coast, the way it would be if we ever had to live under total Democrat rule, which is to say chaos. I think that they're they're not very good because... uh, I've personally uh, been able to shop lifts from here with relative ease. On camera, in front of the Home Depot, he steals from with no fear. And that is America's future. If we don't wake up, they will nationalize this. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.